This is the Veritable Veteran Podcast, bringing truth and exposure to the struggles veterans and their families face post-military. Depression. Anger. PTSD. Suicide. Who am I? What do I do now? Hey guys, welcome to episode eight. Um, sorry, this one's a little bit late. We were on vacation this last week and got in uh, yesterday, and I was I was exhausted, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna record a video or an episode right now." So anyway, sorry about that, but. At the same time, I think you guys understand. So today's topic that I, I wanted to talk about, and I heard, so when I produce content, I have to go online and I, on Instagram or Facebook, I look for content to share and then kind of uh, direct people to how a veteran would view this or how I see it, you know, and then just try to relate to other veterans. So I listen to different sounds and uh memes and gifs and all these other things that I can find to uh, try and find good content. Anyway, I was looking today, or was it yesterday? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I was looking and I heard this thing and it was like, I will always tell you I'm okay. No matter what, even with tears in my eyes and, you know, even if I'm feeling absolutely horrible, I will always tell you I'm okay. And, and I think the end of it was something, and just know that if I ever cry in front of you, that means I'm completely broken. And I, it was meant to be like a motivational thing. And I'm like, well, that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Because if you push to the point when you're completely broken, who are you benefiting? No one, because now... Like, let's, th this analogy came to my mind. <clears throat> if you have a car, you drive the car, and the harder you drive it, the more you have to take care of it, right? Like, you know, I'm a police officer. We drive our Tahoes. Uh, we drive the wheels off of them. We drive a thousand miles a week in these Tahoes. So, they get an oil change once a month. You know, at regular vehicles, they get oil changes every, what is it, 3,000 miles every three months or something like that. So they do a lot more work. The police Tahoes do a lot more work, so we have to do a lot more maintenance on them. Same thing with, you know, delivery trucks and vehicles that are running all the time. Imagine, like, I don't even, you know, like, like race car drivers, imagine the maintenance they do on theirs. They, I don't even know. But anyway, the harder you work something, the more you have to work on it to maintain it, right? You don't push it until it blows up. You don't see the check engine light and just ignore it because, well, this machine's tough. It can take it. Yeah, you're right. It can to a point and then it blows up. 
And then what do you have to do? Well, if it's a vehicle, you buy a new one. If you have the money, uh, if you have the resources, you may have to rebuild the engine. You may have to do all kinds of, you know, next level maintenance, not instead of just doing preventative maintenance. So in the military, when I was uh, in the second lab battalion, we, all, we had Humvees and we always had to do the, the, the PMs, the preventative maintenance in the mornings on all the vehicles that check the fluids, check the lights, you know, all check the latches on the engine you know, or the hood. That way, if we had to, you know, go driving and the hood didn't fly open all this, they had a whole list that you had to go through every day. You had to PM these vehicles every single day. Okay. So that's just vehicles. Now, if you have like a lawnmower, some people don't you know, know this, but if you know things about engines, you know that they have to have air filters. They have to be, the air filters have to be clean and they need to have the oil changed, right? And spark plugs need to be cleaned and make sure they're working properly, right? And occasionally they have to go either to the shop to get maintenance, to someone who's, you know, a professional who knows what they're doing, or someone who knows what they're doing on their own can fix it themselves. Either way, time has to be taken where this machine is not being put to work and is being fixed whether that's preventative or it's reactive most men dare i say all men will not push a machine to the point that it breaks if they know what they're doing they will not push it to the point that it breaks they may push it a little past the limit be like i'm at like 4000 miles i should probably change my oil but i really need to go to this you know, make this trip real quick I can do it. It's okay. We do not do that with ourselves. With ourselves, we're like, and I'm fine. I'm perfectly fine. And we know that we're not. We're looking at the check engine light for ourselves, and we're like, hmm, yeah, I think something needs to happen. I feel like I need to probably do some some maintenance on myself or you know and 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 get checked out maybe 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 go to the shop quote unquote go to the doctor go to somebody who knows what they're doing even if you just go to a good friend who knows what they're doing and you're like hey man I need to talk and you know I, I'm praying that you guys have friends that you can talk to like that and say hey man I just need to talk and that friend is like, hey, what's up? They don't try to fix it. They don't try to, you know, offer up any immediate solutions. They just listen. Because sometimes that's all you need. You just got to let off some steam. You know, hit the pressure release valve, let some pressure out, and then you're good. Now, sometimes that's all it takes. But that's not always the case. Sometimes you get to a point when you need to go and have an overhaul done. And that's okay, because being in the military is like running that Tahoe a thousand miles a week. You're getting run ragged. And how often in the military did you stop to do maintenance on yourself? Preventative maintenance. Everything I did in the military was reactive. It was like, oh, I hurt myself today. Better go get checked out. You know, and yeah, I stayed in shape to try and avoid injury. What I'm saying is if I had something 
going on mentally, I just pushed past it, buried it, stuffed it down deep, kept right on trucking. And I'm like, I'll deal with it later. 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 Well, now it's later and these things are still here. It's like putting off projects at home. Like you eventually got to get them done. And if you just keep putting them off, well, eventually they're going to catch up to you. It's the same thing. If you keep putting off changing the oil in the car, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll do it. And all of a sudden the car blows up and you take it to the shop and you're, I don't know what's wrong with it. And the mechanic's like, well, it could be the fact that you've got peanut butter for oil since you've used it way too much. And you're like, oh yeah, the oil change. Yeah, I was supposed to do that. Oops. Right? So we do it with machines and we, we see it in other people. But when it comes to us, we're like, no, we're good. I'm good. I don't need, I don't need to, to stop. I don't need a break. Or even more damaging, I think, is we're like, yeah, I need a break. I'm going to go imbibe and drink this 12-pack of beer to help calm my nerves. That might calm your nerves and it might make you feel good. That doesn't solve anything. It's... It, it doesn't fix anything. It masks the issues. It masks the symptoms. It doesn't actually solve anything, though. I have six kids. And I'm married. And being married can be hard. Having kids can be hard. Having six kids can be hard very often. There are times that I get overwhelmed. There are times that I need a break. And I know that if I just keep pushing through and pushing through and pushing through and pushing through and saying, I'll do it later, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take a break later, I'll, I'll be fine. I know that if I do that, my kids are going to suffer and my wife is going to suffer because I am not the man that I need to be. If I don't take time to care for myself, even just a little while, I'm not the man that I need to be. One thing I like to do is I like to work out. I like to go for runs. Let me rephrase that. I don't like going for runs. Running has become less of a joy and more of a necessity now. However, the endorphins produced from running uh, help put me in a better mood. Even when I hate running, I still come back in a better mood than when I left. So in a way, I like running. I love working outside in the woods, clearing brush, chopping branches off of trees, cutting whole trees down. Just, I love it. I love seeing the improvement on the property. Uh, it, it does me good to be out there, headphones in, just chopping away at the brush and the vines and everything else. Sometimes I tell my wife, babe, I got to go for a little bit. Um, And sometimes I'll even tell her I'm getting overwhelmed because if I don't communicate that to her, sometimes she'll start to think he's just trying to avoid me and the kids or leave me with the kids, leave her to take care of the kids while I go do what I want. And I have caught myself doing that where I'm like, I don't want to be in here. I don't want to be with these kids. I'm going to go outside. 
and I leave her to deal with it. And that's not okay. Sometimes it is okay to an extent, but she needs a break too. Okay. And I get that. And I'm trying to get better at that. But that comes down to communication, communicating that with your spouse and being like, Hey, I need a minute. I, I need, I need, I need an hour. Can I have an hour? Like I just need an hour to go outside and work or go for a walk, go listen to some music, go for a drive, decompress, let off some steam, call your friend, talk to them, go in the woods and just sit, go fishing or just, you've got to find, there's, there's a lot of things that you can do that are not negative. They're not making withdrawals, withdrawals from your mental capacity. Okay, you've got to make deposits into your brain and into your mind and into your mental health. Because if all you're ever doing is withdrawing, you're never going to, you're going to run out. It's, you're you're going to run out. And your engine is going to seize up and it's going to blow. And then what happens? Well, then hopefully you don't resort to what a lot of veterans have resorted to. And hopefully you don't kill yourself because you're so overwhelmed. And you're so mentally unhealthy that you kill yourself. And I'm not saying that people that kill themselves, I'm not taking anything from them or talking badly about them. We have to realize we have got to take care of ourselves. It doesn't have to be going away on a boy's trip for a week or anything extravagant. Sometimes it's just a couple of hours. Sometimes it may be a day. Sometimes you may need to get some therapy, something more intensive. But we've got to do something. We can't keep pushing ourselves until we're completely broken and then trying to, you know, all deal with it then. How? How are you going to deal with it when you're completely broken? When you're the one that's broken and you're the one that's supposed to fix what's broken, how are you going to fix yourself when you're broken? It, it doesn't work. So, and that's another thing that people say all the time that drives me nuts is, you know, I picked myself up by my bootstraps and I just... I made it happen. I, I healed all my own wounds and I did this and I, okay, fine. That really frustrates me because we're not made to be an island. We're not made to be individuals that just do everything on our own. That's not how we were created. That's not how we're supposed to live. And I honestly believe that people who go through life like that, they're not healed. They've simply found a way to mask the symptoms. And I, I, really, I honestly believe that. I believe that they're not fully healed. They're just masking the symptoms in a different way. And it's not healthy. It's not healthy to just handle it yourself. And another part of working through this together is realizing when someone else needs help and saying, hey man, 
you're trying to do this on your own and it's not a good idea. Talk to me. Tell me what's going on. And sometimes it may take you opening up to them and saying, hey, yeah, I went through the same thing. This is what I did. This is what I experienced. And giving them the opportunity to share with you what they're going through. And helping them realize that talking about it is not a bad thing. It's helpful. It's good. It's what we need to do. So when we identify that in somebody, it doesn't mean that we have to, you know, just dog them repeatedly. But sometimes people need a little convincing. Sometimes people need to be told, hey, like you need some help. It's, you know, it's like if someone was, you know, physically ill and they're like, oh, I'm fine. I'm like, no, you're not fine. I can clearly see you're not fine. You're running a fever. You're pale. You're sickly. You've lost weight. You know, whatever it is. You can tell when someone's not well. And instead of saying anything, we just, we just kind of ignore it. You know, especially as veterans and as a, as a community, because we don't want to embarrass somebody or make them feel like they're weak. We don't want to call somebody out and be like, hey, you okay? Because then we're, well, what are they going to, they may call me out. Yeah, that's a good thing. It's called accountability. It's called keeping tabs on each other. And that's one thing that we've gotten away from when we were in the military. That was a huge thing, you know, just keeping tabs on each other, especially if you were a team leader or a squad leader, you kept tabs on all your guys. You knew where they were, you knew what they were doing and when they would be done and you knew if they were experience any, experiencing anything uh, at home or physically or mentally, anything, you, you knew it all. Now we don't have that because we don't have a squad leader. We don't have a team leader. We don't have a platoon sergeant. We don't have people that are keeping tabs on us. And we've got to do better as a community, keeping tabs on each other and being like, hey, are you okay? What's up? What's going on? I've noticed you've been really quiet lately. You haven't sent me any funny memes in a while. You haven't been to the gym. Whatever it is. We all know. We all have veteran friends. And we don't communicate with them enough. That doesn't need to be the only communication you have with them. I hope you communicate with them all the time because if they're your friends, we should be communicating with them, right? But once in a while, it's like preventative maintenance. It's just like a fluid check. You're like, hey man, are you okay? What's going on? You got anything going on? And just testing the water, probing a little bit. Hey, you okay? What about this area? You used to struggle with this. You haven't said anything in a while. How are you doing in that? And you can really read people pretty well. And when they start talking, they're, oh, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. Okay, read their body language. Look them in the eye. Be like, are you lying to me? Because it seems like you might be lying to me. And they're like, no, I'm not lying to you or whatever. You know, they may try to convince you they're not. What I'm getting at is we have got to do better and be better as a community at keeping each other accountable to make sure we're doing those self-checks, to make sure 
we're doing that preventative maintenance. So we're not doing the reactive maintenance and the engine rebuilds and having to go with a whole new infrastructure because the old one is completely broken. We don't want that. No one wants that. And anybody who sits there and says, well, you know, when, you know, when, when, I'm, when I cry in front of you, just know that I'm completely broken. That's not okay. Like, I would rather you come to me before that point and be like, hey, man, I need some help. I need talk. I need some time. I need something. Okay, let's figure it out. Let's work together and figure it out. But wouldn't that be better than me walking into your house because I haven't heard from you in three days and finding you dead? Because you were completely broken and you handled all your problems on your own and you 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 handled it. I mean, you're not having any problems anymore because you put a bullet in your mouth. That's not solving anything. That's not helping anyone. And anybody who sits there and says, you know, oh, well, you don't know what it's like to be suicidal. Try again. Because I do. I absolutely do. Because I've been there. And I've gotten to the point. Not as low as some, but I've been extremely low. Low enough to want it all to end. Low enough to take a gun and hold it in my hands and stare at it and think, it's this close. The end is this close. I've even put the gun to my head. Because I was at that point where I was broken. But thankfully, and all glory to God, I didn't pull the trigger, and I got help. But we've got to do better about preventing veterans and our loved ones from getting to that point at all. By making these checks, by talking to people, and by not letting them, not letting them slide with the easy, the simple, I'm fine. Okay, I don't believe you. And then just kind of see how they react. Probe, push. If you're a good friend and you're trying to make sure they're actually okay, you can't just be like, hey, are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, cool, bye. That's not being a friend. That's not caring for them. Caring for them means doing the hard thing and being like, hey, dude, we need to talk. And then having a real and raw conversation, not a surface level, oh no, I'm good, man, I'm fine, I'm fine. When you know they're not, you know they're not, you know them, they're your best friends. And you're talking to them and all of a sudden it's like, you know, you just, you know something's wrong. And you're like, hey, what's up? And, and then they're like, oh no, I'm, I'm fine. You know they're lying, but you still don't say anything. That's not loving or caring. And we have to do better. We have to do better. Because honestly, no one else is going to help us. No one else is going to do it. It has to be us. We're always looking for something else from outside of the veteran community, either from the government or from the 
you know, the, the, the VA or any other government agency, we're not going to get it. Nothing the government does will be as good as something that we come up with and we do ourselves. Ever. Ever. Never, ever. In a million years. So we need to stop relying on the VA and saying, well, the VA needs to be better. No, it doesn't. It'll never be good enough. Yeah, I mean, it, it does, but it's never going to be good. It's like, it, we need a unicorn to come and save us. Okay, well, it's never happening. So maybe we should stop looking for the unicorn because it's not coming and we're not going to find it. So let's figure something else out. Let's change our point of aim and be like, hey, let's let's do this ourselves. Okay. Whether that's support groups or just, you know, and, and it sounds cheesy, but it's so true. Just like the battle buddy system, having a battle buddy. There's a reason like the entire military uses this system of accountability, of accountability where you have two people. Don't go anywhere alone. Have your battle buddy with you and stay with them. You always know where they are. They always know where you are. And you better not be very far apart. Okay, there's a reason that they do that because it works. Okay, so we get out and we're like, oh, I'm free. I can go home. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, I miss my friends. Right. You do miss them. But why do we have to miss them? Why can't we stay in touch with them? I get you don't get to hang out with them. I get that. I really do. But we can still stay in touch. And then eventually, you've got to find some friends that are local that you can actually go and physically talk to and be with in person. And that's not easy. I get that because making new friends is hard. I hate making new friends. It takes me forever. But it's got to be done. So as a community, we've got to stop adopting this mindset of I will always tell you I'm okay. I will never let you see my pain. I will always, always, always be the one that is strong and doesn't need help. We have got to stop that mentality. We've got to drop that because it's not helping anybody. It's hurting people. It's killing people. And we have to stop. And we need to, honestly, we need to call it out. And whether that's on social media or in person or to our friends and family, whatever it is, find it and root it out and say, that's dumb. When someone, you know, someone's like, oh, I don't need your, I don't need anybody's help. I can handle it all on my own. That's dumb. That's just dumb. We're not meant to handle things on our own like that. We're meant for community. And without community, we're just a broken car trying to fix itself. And it, it doesn't work. So we've got to figure out a different way to help each other. Help each other with the preventative maintenance of life. Realizing when we need some time. Realizing how much time we need. And then doing it, not letting our buddies slide with the easy answer of I'm good, pushing for the real answer, pushing for the truth and being there for each other.
no matter what. Alright, I love you guys. I hope you guys have a great 4th of July weekend. Get out, get to the lake, get sunburnt like I did. Barbecue. Have a good time, alright? But don't forget, check on your boys, check on your girls, check on your veteran buddies that need to be checked on. Make sure they're doing okay. And then go have a great time. Alright, love you guys. Hey, so quick update in uh, just my life and in the life of my family. My wife and I are trying to, uh, we've been thinking a lot about how to serve veteran spouses and their veterans as well. Um, so we're, we're actually starting an Instagram page. The page is called That Veteran and His Wife. And we're trying to start getting content up that supports not only veterans, but their spouses and their their loved ones because there's a lot of resources for veterans not a lot of resources for their their spouses and their loved ones so we're starting this page we're going to be starting a podcast should be the same name i'm not 100 percent sure that it will be yet i haven't actually uh set set it up yet uh, but that's what we're going to be doing we're going to be getting it set up here shortly and then Hopefully there'll be some more content for uh, spouses and loved ones and people that support us because I know that they they do a lot behind the scenes and they need to have they need to have support as well. So that's coming. We're also working on getting a website put together, working on getting an email list uh, set up. So hopefully you guys are enjoying this show. We'll get you hooked up with the next one and then. We'll have some new things coming. So, all right. Love you guys. Hey guys, quick reminder. If you enjoyed the episode today, don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, go to whatever platform you listen to these podcasts on and leave a review. That's the best way to help us out. Uh, It gets a lot more traffic to us. So again, if you liked it, like, subscribe, and uh, leave a review. All right. Love you guys.